0: Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial.
1: And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial.
0: And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism.
1: And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeej. Hey, Chris. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good.
1: Good. Uh, So How how about you? I'm doing fabulous. Nice. Yeah, it snowed today.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess it's expected, right? Where we live, we should get some snow.
1: Yeah, it's quite lovely. But pretty snow today. Really pretty snow today. Yeah. Yeah. I think snow's even better when you don't have to leave your house and you can just watch it.
0: That's the, I'm sorry, that's the second best snow. Uh, Figuring out a way to like comfortably play in it is the first best snow is my opinion.
1: (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Well, awesome.
0: What, What are we doing today?
1: Well, first, Chris, I have a very important question to ask you. Go right ahead, what was the most millennial thing that you did this week
0: <laughs> i I came prepared for this question <laughs> yeah. today because I often find myself scrambling to think of anything I did millennial. Um, Jillian and I were invited to a a a dinner of sorts a uh, would you yeah. it was a formal friend dinner, so maybe not formally dressing up, but it was like come and have dinner and be be friends at a dinner table. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't like meeting up for, for just something in town. And it was really interesting because we weren't told in advance that one of the activities, one, I wasn't told in advance that there was going to be a handful of strangers there. Uh, There were lovely people. So lovely. Yeah. Absolutely. And two, come hang out
1: with us again.
0: Yes, definitely come hang out. And, and two, I wasn't alerted to the, uh, that there was an activity aside from eating dinner <laughs> and we made gingerbread houses like normal people trying to carry on christmas traditions <laughs> so i almost feel like that's the most millennial thing i did this week was like try to normalize traditions
1: it was very sweet it was with um sarah who was on the podcast yeah a while back she is our um resident student that is getting her degree in the and her master's degree in social work and so it's her and her husband Tanner and her adorable baby mm-hmm. um and you we had no idea anything that was happening that night but you always know when you're hanging out with these friends it's going to be a great time
0: absolutely and it
1: was a great time but it, it was kind of funny it did strike me that like this is fun we're kind of doing like this tradition that I've Normally associated with like a family environment with friends, mm-hmm. which I think leads into a lot of what we talk about here.
0: Yeah, and it was really yeah. leaning into the to like the tradition. Yeah, of things that are like acceptably like branded yes. for the, uh, the holidays, rather than being uh, maybe contra like a, a different outcome yeah. or a new. <laughs> like tradition or something yeah. like that. So yeah, I was like, eh, interesting. This is, this is what we live in. We balance the old and the new yeah. is what I feel like millennials do so a, a lot in their lives, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, and the food was amazing. And Tanner oh, makes this mold wine that is so good. Chris is not a huge wine person, so I drank his cup and my cup, <laughs> and it was so good. So good.
0: Great time, yeah. Thank great you. Times. Uh, we had a great time uh, going out there, so thank you for asking me about my millennial moments this week. <laughs> I'll try to make more notes <laughs> so no. I'm more prepared every time. <laughs> you did great. Wonderful. What are we get into today?
1: Okay, so this week we are doing a Netflix, nope, not Netflix, podcast and chill episode. Woohoo! For those of you who might need a refresher on what these are, these are kind of um, a little bit looser type episodes where we don't necessarily follow like a strictly researched theme, but it's more kind of like a hit list of um, just something we found interesting kind of around a central theme. So today, ours is on, um, here are millennial trends. These, here are, it comes from an article from peerwow.com. Huh. It says, 80s and 90s babies have spoken. Here are six millennial trends taking over in 2023. And I did want to add like a little asterisk to this. We pride ourselves in bringing you toppy <laughs> top researcher, like researched um, like fr- from very reputable sites that we understand the background of, everything like that. This is just fun. This has no, um, there were no, there's like very little data gathered to go behind these. What trends are we going to see? This it is really maybe seems what like, BuzzFeed
0: adjacent yeah, type stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I reading through them, I was like, this feels great. This feels fun. <laughs> so here we are. And Chris, I would love to How do you project
0: hear. a trend forward? Because obviously you have some insight if you're being like, I feel like this is going to turn into something.
1: Mm-hmm. I, we'll get into it for each one. Each one has a little bit of a different method. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, on why they think it's coming. So we absolutely love it. So the first trend that PureWow.com in this lovely article by Michaela Magliocchetti is infladating. Christopher, do you know what infladating is?
0: I've uh, never heard of it ever.
1: If you had to make a guess, what would you guess infladating is?
0: Can you spell it for me? I-N- Im-
1: Infl-a-dating. I-N- F-L-A-D-A-T-I-N-G.
0: Infladating.
1: It is, a, it is a verb.
0: So is is that the act of going in a date in a hot air balloon?
1: <gasps> no, but that sounds like a dream. That's kind of the opposite of infladating, <laughs> actually.
0: Okay. Infladating potentially is, uh, I'm going to meet this stranger over over a lunch coffee cuz that's the same as, safest way to like go on a date and still be, be able to back out but you tell everyone else that you went out for like drinks got got the table next to the window all of that kind of stuff
1: I really <laughs> really love where your mind went that went there it's it's nothing quite that nefarious how ever <laughs> i do love it <laughs> so infladating is oh. Dating with the Cheap. cost of inflation in mind. I saw you got it right there. <laughs> that made
0: a lot more sense when I was like, oh, I'm going to actually give this a, a real go. It's <laughs> yes. like, um, oh.
1: So the renowned <laughs> dating site, plentyoffish.com, um, reports that 48% of millennials and Gen Z who are using their site are opting for casual budget conscious outings ditching upscale red dinner reservations in favor of quick coffee dates picnic lunches and walking in the park so something that's a little bit um, easier on the wallet kind of keeping in in mind the economic downturn that we're experiencing and the rise of the rising costs
0: yeah no <laughs> it's it's a very real thing i uh, i've I joke about it in in seriousness where I sit there I tell Jillian I'm like <laughs> we're just going to eat at home. Do you mind if I like cook you something at home? I would
1: rather eat your food than like most places. Right? Yeah. But there's
0: there's I certain recommend. aspects of our our you know, of our world that we consume that have gotten to a point where it's like, hmm, my marginal willingness to like purchase that isn't as high as yeah, it used to be. Absolutely. And we're making choices not to consume a couple of things. It's quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really is.
0: So I can see if you are in the position of paying for the date because mm-hmm. I would hope that it's not always a, a male mm-hmm. or some primary person in the relationship that mm-hmm. it's sometimes shared. I can see how that could become a burden. Uh, to go and throw quite a bit of money yeah at something where all you're doing is meeting to like feel a person's like energy vibe and all the things that come with it so gosh even even a cup of coffee depending on what you get is it's still true. still a bit uh, <laughs> still a bit tough on the old pocketbook it's
1: still a little bit tough but but nothing is like an upscale dinner anything like that so that's inflating it also mentioned that uh, we are having a plague of, fubbing, ghosting, and love bombing. <laughs> are you familiar with these terms?
0: Um, fubbing, never heard of. Okay. Ghosting, familiar.
1: Can you describe it?
0: Um, I think it's where you en- you engage with someone to some level of meaning, to where you're like, oh, I actually expect them to respond or be present again down the road after you know uh maybe a chat a date something like that and then they disappear yeah. um, never to be responded from never to be heard of again very millennial thing very that we millennial
1: do thing. very easy with technology yeah
0: <laughs> and then love bombing i don't even know if i can assume what that is can you take me through the first and the third one Yeah, for sure.
1: So we'll start with love bombing. Um, So love bombing is—it's been kind um, of—it's a little bit of a kind of a buzzword right now, but it's like true. Meaning is it's a—it's something narcissists use to manipulate someone, Um, and it's kind of been projected to being like, hey, we're really early in our relationship, and maybe I am doing like, I'm being a little extra here, like, I'm sending you flowers with little hearts over your name at work two times a week, or, um, I am just sending you these ridiculous lovey texts, and it's all very upfront, and it makes you feel very special, um, but it's, like, a manipulative tactic, so that's, that's, in an essence, what love bombing is, um, we are seeing it as kind of a buzzword, you got ghosting exactly right, and then fubbing, I had no idea what this was either, um, but thank you, uh, for last week's episode on Goblin Mode, kind of a callback to that. This is an actual word in the Oxford English Dictionary. Was
0: it a word of the year?
1: It was not a word of the year, but it was added in 2016. Okay. Fubbing is the act of snubbing someone with your phone. And that is...
0: How would that look like?
1: It's essentially like you go out to dinner with someone. You're intending to spend like good time with someone and you're on your phone instead. Ah. Yeah yeah huh. um so it and the the antidote to that is just like focusing on being present in the moment um and not so much connecting with your phone so that's the that's those are the dating so trends bad
0: romantic social behaviors yeah. is essentially what we think will happen in 2023
1: um i would say like <laughs> like fubbing ghosting love bombing maybe put those on the like to watch out for list but dating could be good I don't think that's a bad social behavior just kind of a reaction to the times we're in and oh i didn't know we were
0: connecting those two i thought we'd moved on to no, the no sorry words. this okay. is all
1: the dating this is our, our okay. trends of dating now i'm for now i'm back <laughs> because
0: infiltrating i could get behind these three things as a standalone trend i was like didn't this exist yes for years now yeah. it's like i don't understand how you could like forecast this forward and be like ah, oh, with confidence people are just going to be crappy to each other people
1: um, <laughs> possibly <laughs> So there is our first trend for 2023. The second one, Chris, this actually works out quite well for you. This is more of a fashion trend. Oh, okay. And this is something that they're able to predict because uh, designers like Vivian Westwood, Tom Ford, Tommy Hilfiger um, were all showcasing off-center parts in their spring 2023 runway with wet hair. Which is the look you're rocking currently. It's a look you rock quite well. You do great with the like grungy, damp hair <laughs> look. It's, it's quite incredible. So you're going to be just in vogue next year.
0: Uh, until I'm not.
1: Until you're not. <laughs> but I thought that was very interesting because we just went through a period of time where side parts were considered uh, Chugi by Gen Z. And everyone was like, no, I don't want to switch my side part to a middle part. Um, was that a lot
0: more uh, female? Probably. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But side parts were very out and now they're going to come back in, which is great for my cowlick because I can't do a straight <laughs> part. I can't do a middle part to save my life anyways. Um, but yeah, so that's what to look out for fashion trends. The wet side part look.
0: Wet side part. Interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. Very interesting.
0: As much as I think I'm uniquely myself, I look like a lot of dudes at the end of the day. No, you. Well, you, you look hot. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, was were crappy beards also in there? <laughs> beards
1: were not mentioned. Your beard is not crappy. It is lovely. It, it is lovely. No, but that is that is really interesting and kind of in fashion we're seeing um, like a resurgence of Y2K fashion in particular
0: Ooh, very familiar with y2k that was uh i remember people thought computers were just gonna shut down
1: yeah yeah i can remember like that night how old were you
0: oh i was in high school
1: you were um 18
0: 17 or 18 something like that yeah
1: i was eight yeah that's crazy
0: yeah I remember thinking wow. Y2K and then there's like the YKK zipper company. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, is this a conspiracy? Are they just Y2K? Did they know the whole time? Did
1: they? did this, <laughs> Great questions, Chris. Did the zipper people know the whole what, time?
0: What I want to know is who didn't have the foresight to be like, oh, this is eventually going to roll over into a new numeric operator.
1: <laughs> I don't know. But there was mass panic and that fashion that kind of, do you remember Y2K fashion?
0: Um, I don't know if I remember it labeled as Y two K fashion, mm-hmm. but I'm I think I remember kind of what was happening around that time. Do
1: you? Can you that was
0: that it? was when um, pop was basically overtaking a lot of stuff mm-hmm. as a genre and really evolving everything out, and hip hop was uh following in line. But yeah. it was very much the boy bands and the Britneys and Christina. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was basically just. The relabeled disney uh kids as they had grown up in, yeah. into pop stars there, and maybe maybe the the semblance of pop punk hadn't died yet bleak one eighty two might have been still a thing, so yeah, i remember uh I remember being pretty colorful
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh layers uh, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff happened in there,
1: yeah, I was associated with like these little butterfly clips, oh, I you
0: know don't know if I've ever about. like put those together, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, like, low-rise jeans and, like, some bell-bottomy things going on there and, like, like the metallic colors were kind of really in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I felt like it was a uh, Southern California mm-hmm. type look and feel yeah. and no one else got a say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's very interesting. This is what we're going to see. How do you feel about it? kind of a return to a fashion period that you already lived through one time?
0: yeah very interesting i i think i live a completely different life uh now than i did then and so like i said if it doesn't if it's not an elastic waistband i feel that's just that makes me sound incredibly old wow um (laughs) i've gotten very comfortable in athleisure and i don't want to leave the athleisure (laughs) if i can help it
1: that makes all the sense in the world um Yeah, maybe you can keep your athleisure and just be so in style with your side part and wet hair. (laughs) Alrighty, so in the world, our next trend, trend number three, there are six total, is in the world of parenting. Do you have any guesses what millennial parents might be trending towards next year? What they're predicting is going to become like a known word, a known kind of parenting style? I think the
0: last thing I've ever heard of parenting style was like helicopter parents um
1: how about gentle parenting that one's a little bit more recent
0: oh yeah maybe i'm not as familiar with that um i have no clue what millennial parents might thematically call an a parenting effort next year can you help me
1: (laughs) i can this one made me laugh it's called sittervising. just hearing that name do you have any guess on what it is
0: yeah, it's a uh, halfway disengaged parent.
1: Exactly. It is saying we are all really burned out of our children after living through a pandemic with them and after living through economic stress and after living in smaller places and after <laughs> after a lot of like constraints.
0: Yeah. Um that
1: maybe we haven't had to do before. And so essentially it this is based off of um an Instagram account called Busy Toddler. Um it's And its um a lady named Susie Allison, who's a master of education, um, kind of coined it and has done, like, looked at it. Um, and she's saying, hey, kids kids need to play without adults. They can't depend on adults for their happiness and their, like, um, ability to be creative. And adults need time to recharge away from their kids. And so that's where this sittervising idea comes in. Um, and it's essentially keeping an eye on your kids while they're engaged in solo play um, and you sit nearby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Does that track to you as could be a millennial trend? Uh,
0: I could see it, especially in households, uh, that maybe everyone works in the household. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like when do I get a, a minute to myself or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And then finding things, I, it, this is not me giving any advice. So the headline there. <laughs> But um, I assume that parents know what what their kids need and what they're willing to give yeah. there, and so setting everyone up for success, I fully support it. If if it works for your situation, like not all parents are the same, not all kids are the same, right? right. But like if that can fit, I think that's a wonderful uh, experiment to try.
1: It really like struck an, an interesting chord with me just reading it, not having any of this experience, also very much recognizing that like parents parents needs kids needs everything is a little bit different yeah. but it was like a good expression of like independence and boundaries where um instead of kind of like enmeshing in like my happiness is your happiness and like you can only do things with me and we are like we are this one thing together it's saying like you're your own separate person I am my own separate person and sometimes as separate people we need to do things apart but just know I'm right here like I'm not very far yeah yeah um and so with, yeah, I thought it was like a very interesting and very almost like, I feel like parenting techniques can get a little bit like unrealistic kind of fast, at, at least from my observation, from like what my friends tell me they're like they, reading and things. They can't
0: read, they can't write the books fast right? <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And it's always like, gosh, had we, had we have known this over the centuries, maybe <laughs> there'd be more than 6 billion people on this earth. I don't know. I think figure it out do what's best for you if you feel like you're at a loss go seek advice right yeah, But i don't yeah. i'm not a big proponent to have someone be like and do this and then do that and do this <laughs> i think uh there's probably a lot of a lot of uh feel to it a lot of experimentation
1: yeah
0: for sure and then you know knowing what what the kids need right yeah, and what kids, you need as a parent yeah absolutely so like if you can sit there and understand like what the kids need and then you can go fill the space for yourself yeah you beat me (laughs) i was getting there and then as a parent like what you need it's not a problem to excuse yourself now i'd love i love the internet when it sits there and shows me something like the dad that locked himself into the bathroom he was like i just needed three minutes away and he's like and the kids are trying to pick the lock to come and bother me into yes. the bathroom and he slides his little phone underneath the door as these two little boys in pajamas like messing with the, <laughs> uh, with the handle. And so like, I get it. But yeah, I think, again, supporting happiness. If that can make quite a bit of people happy, I think it's very millennial of us to label everything... Right, and just being like, "Oh, what what was this called again?"
1: sittervising
0: Sittervising. Yeah, very millennial to just yeah. have to give it a new label, even though it's probably existed. For
1: <laughs> it's probably what decades most people and do anyway. Right? They're just saying like, "Hey, now, now we I can put see you now I can <laughs> put it in yeah. a
0: clickbait article, and you yeah. might read it." Right.
1: I I really liked that idea. I like that.
0: Thanks for bringing that one up.
1: Yeah, it was very interesting. All right, trend number four, and this is in the realm of. Other Our other millennial babies, our pets. Okay. So what do you think the trends for 2023 for pets are going to be?
0: Um, for those who made it with their owners through the pandemic? Yes. I don't know. I feel like everyone I talk to that it falls in this camp... Mm-hmm. Finds himself in some of the same struggles as uh, their fur babies, as they do with human babies. I talked to someone just last week, and they're like, we were trying to pl- plan a last minute trip, but now we can't get, at- we can't go board our dogs anywhere. Yeah. This, that, and the other." I was just like, "Man, I never gave that thought as uh, yeah. a, not a pet person, mm-hmm. right? I've never had a pet to do that, so uh, I don't know more more exotic." i don't know more uh easy pet boarding options
1: i love that i think i think pet boarding is like getting a real hard look at it right now and people are kind of figuring out like oh i don't want to board my pet just anywhere which contributes to the lack of yeah they call
0: them hotels now even though they're just
1: exactly modified
0: kennels right
1: and this is exactly kind of what feeds into this so in 2023 we are investing in our pets wellness chris we are not just saying we keep them alive and that is good enough we're saying hey The pet wilderness movements include supplements, nutritional foods, and functional medicine, weekly acupuncture appointments, organic kibble. All of these things. Um,
0: Do you think that they're just aligning products so that they can market to human, um, like the human owner's moral compass? So, for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, Jillian, if you haven't picked up by now, uh, is a vegetarian. Yes. Yes. Right. And so we actually just joked about it this morning, of all things. It was like, I wonder if vegetarian fur baby parents make their fur babies vegetarian as much as they possibly can. <laughs>
1: P.S.A. right here: If you have a cat and you're a vegetarian, your cat cannot be vegetarian. They will die. They, I repeat, they will die. So please do not try to make your cat a vegetarian. But you know Dogs what I mean. I,
0: I wonder if they're just trying to make uh, consuming easier because those decisions are made for like that human existence. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is good for me. I'd love for my my pet to align to these yeah. things, right?
1: I think a lot of that too. Like we are kind of a generation of self care, and I think that kind of like lands right back to our pets too. We're like, well, we we do these things to take care of ourselves. And on general, like us as millennials are okay at taking, doing the self-care actions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it totally makes sense. And this is, they're basing this trend off of um, Nielsen IQ data. So search terms relating to raw and refrigerated pet food, dental health, remedies for sensitive stomachs and calming pet products all spiked in 2022. We're taking a look at our fur babies and saying, hey, we love you. We value you. We want you to be live your optimal life.
0: Do you think uh, in inflating might eventually apply to infla pet ownership?
1: So very interestingly enough, um, two of the three places I've worked in my professional career have offered pet insurance as an option. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and I thought that was like very cool. It was not something I was familiar with at all. Um, But I actually had it in the at the place Chris and I worked together for my cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like a private. I didn't know pet that was plan. an option there. Yeah, huh. I had like a private pet plan. Um, for my cat for years and years. We just barely got off because she is not allowed to go to that vet anymore. Um, by the vet's instructions, because she is. She's a bit. She's a bit to handle. <laughs> there,
0: we'll, we'll we'll be nice and we'll say she's she's a wee bit anxious around the strangers. She
1: is when they can't even handle her with the hot gloves. I guess I think is. they
0: wimped out. She can definitely <laughs> be there. handled with some hot was. gloves.
1: Hawk gloves. Yeah,
0: hawk. H a w k. Hot gloves. What if it's just <laughs> oven mitts? <laughs>
1: just warm them up. Just
0: podcat with oven mitts to coming at her.
1: It's adorable. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get it. Like if there was anything, if I, so also this, the same cat, um, cats like people can have chemical imbalances in their brains and we were lucky enough to find a vet, a new vet.
0: One that doesn't have hawk gloves. One that
1: does not (laughs) use hawk gloves and was a lot better with this, this cat. Um, and he was able to, to give her, um some like anti-anxiety mag- medicine that just helps her deal with everyday life a lot better um but if and like people when i tell them that they're like i didn't even know you could do that um yeah,
0: totally, how many other think. uh how many other friends of yours express that their cat anxiety <laughs> yes. that their cats have undiagnosed anxiety yes. and need it to get addressed immediately. <laughs> I
1: know. I think Dr. Ross's books are just full of my friend's cats at this point. <laughs>
0: like, we should wow. get an affiliate code we to Dr. <laughs> Ross.
1: Um, but absolutely wonderful. But if like if to the point, if there was anything, anything that I could identify that would make her life better, I would do it. I would figure out how to make that happen for her.
0: I think there are certain things within our human psyche that marketers have gotten very good at. I think um, like end of life situations, like they, they can sit there when I, I see older people like, like planning or things like that, they can really, really squeeze the dollars out of those folks because it's like, Oh, it's this, it's this event. It's only going to happen once. Right. I feel like that happens a lot with, uh, with, pets and animals too especially the way that like foods are marketed or non-essential things at the house for the pet that Mm -hmm. that keep getting like added in there as maybe more normal i'm not here to tell anyone what's (laughs) what's right or wrong it's just very interesting how large that consumer market is for uh residential pets
1: it's true and if nielsen's tracking it you know that there are like interested dollars behind that as well and it's like like they know
0: how to go in like get inside of you and just hook that one thing that makes you care for that pet that animal whatever it Mm -hmm. is and pull those dollars out of you
1: yes yeah wild so pet wellness here we come Maybe I'll. I, if anyone has a lead on a pet psychic, would love that. But maybe if anyone also has a lead on a pet acupuncturist, that's something we could look into next year.
0: I'll just take a pet attitude adjuster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe she just has a little tension. She's get
0: worked
1: out. <laughs> All right, the next trend has to do with the workplace. Christopher, any guesses?
0: Um, I have an unfortunate like low, low anxiety that remote first work, it will shrink a little bit. Um, but I feel like there's so much information anywhere and everywhere right now. I saw it the other day that uh, like really big companies in England, maybe specifically London, but England went to the four day work yeah. week, didn't lose. I'm sorry, based off of whatever the criteria that they were using to measure productivity, output, velocity, whatever that was, didn't shrink one bit um by making a four-day work week mm-hmm. instead of a five-day work week i'd be really open to that and accepting of right. that outcome there as well um i don't know maybe i'm a little bit too narrow to go like put my thumb on it right because in, in tech boy everyone's just kind of holding their breath right now yeah. as it seems like companies are lined up to uh lay people off they may have expanded too much or they're preemptively getting in front of what they assume is a bad macroeconomic environment next year. So, yeah, it might be a little too short-sighted to understand what the trend of the workplace is.
1: <laughs> so it's it's something that we kind of are already seeing, and it's a continuation of job hopping for millennials. Mm. But they broke it down a little bit more. Um, there was a recent survey that came out by Deloitte Workplace that said 39% of millennials who left their jobs in the past year chose jobs that offered better work-life balance. The same percent, 39% transitioned to companies that valued their learning and development. And 27% made the switch to earn a higher salary. I thought that was fascinating because I would never have guessed salary would have come in third overall.
0: Yeah. Let's sit here for a second. Yeah. As a younger millennial, when it comes to a workplace, and when I mean workplace, not like an office space, Mm -hmm. but like going and... Finding an employer to go do, to go exchange your time and skills for money. Like what is your biggest drive?
1: So definitely, I think salary is definitely a a top three consideration. I would agree with this. Mm -hmm. So you have to have, you can't just like sacrifice everything for, I am unwilling to sacrifice everything for like a cause. Yeah. Truly. Um, or
0: so, that would be too detrimental to a lifestyle that yeah. you want to keep, right?
1: But I would absolutely be willing to take a pay cut up to a certain amount to go work at a company that better fit, that better supported me outside of nine to five hours, right? Or like one that wasn't, had crazy meeting hours, kind of off the clock, mm-hmm. that didn't have like these crazy expectations. that wasn't putting my mental health in a place that I just couldn't turn off once I was off the clock all of that I would be very willing to take a pay cut for so it makes sense like looking at those numbers and kind of thinking through the experience um, but it just it surprised me how about you as an older millennial what are oh,
0: I'm, I'm salary number one because yeah. uh, at the end of the day I want to go find someone who's willing to pay me the top dollar to exchange my time and skills for for whatever the top dollar is right Yeah. Um, I think that's my entry point, and then I evaluate some other things, such as how much of the weight of whatever the major things are that this company is doing, am I going to have to go hold? Um, do I like the Do I like the people that I work with? Do I feel like they're set up for success with like some of the other things? But yeah. number one, um, whenever I have recruiters reach out to me, and recruiting is a tough job. Uh, I've never done it, but I can only uh, assume from all of my observations, that's a tough job. And that's been a tough job, mm-hmm. uh, the last year or so. Um, I always just make sure I, I headline with, Hey, let's talk about, you know, uh, the, the compensation package before yeah. we go and engage and get too deep down the road and waste each other's time. Right. So shout out to, to recruiters.
1: Yeah. You guys are amazing. Yeah. we know, it's a tough job. <laughs> it's a tough, it's a yeah. tough world out
0: there for recruiting right now. And so, yeah, I don't. So for me, I think um, I'm a big supporter of job hopping. Yeah. And the reason I'm a big supporter of job hopping is a lot of the, a lot of the benefits or a lot of the things that potentially would make someone stay at a company a long time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: just seem to not happen for for many people, right? Yeah. So when pensions became Uh, something that's relatively obsolete in a lot of careers and a lot of employment that obviously helped lock people in to being like, Oh, I just got to keep vesting my time into this pension. Those don't exist anymore. Right. Those were Mm -hmm. replaced with 401ks. Well, I could do 20 episodes on 401ks (laughs) of the good and bad there as well. Um, I feel like a lot of the benefits you can find many of the benefits in many different employers nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I won't dox uh, Gigi over here, but she uh, is an, um, she's employed in that line of work for large corporate like benefits and things like that. And I bet you if she went and looked at the data, there's a large overlap of the Venn diagram of what people are getting like benefit-wise, right? And so I really think you if you stay too long... At a company, you're more than likely putting yourself in a place where you're not making the top dollar.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was a long way to say that. So no, I encourage everyone. Uh, I had I had a mentor in the past and he always gave me this advice and I do it every single year uh, in December or whatever date milestone that you want to take. a. look. He's like, take a look at your career and say, are you happy? Uh, if you aren't happy, are there things that you can control that can change that? Right? Is it is it more education? Is it more skills? Is it just not available here? Right? Can be an outcome of those types of things, and that potentially will help you look forward into the next part of your career because you can always course correct. Yeah. Right. You yeah. never know when someone's going to value you, uh, and find you on the internet to recruit you to something that might be a better situation mm-hmm. for you, and or you taking ownership of your career and saying, you know what? I'm going to go shop myself and see if there's anything out there that would be more advantageous to me for what I want. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, big supporter, big thing of, of pay first for me as an older millennial. That seems to make sense. I'm a little shocked that, that uh, money still came up first for you, but I can understand why.
1: I think, so I think like overall it wouldn't come up first. It would come up top three, but I did I did leave a job where I had excellent work-life balance and I felt like very well supported mm-hmm. because of salary at one point. And so that's the only point I'm like, there is a point that I would absolutely value the dollars over some of the other things. Yeah, when you're so grossly yeah. under the market. Yeah. yeah, but also in my last place, I would have been willing to take a pay cut to leave. <laughs> so <laughs> Fair like, both, it, it's kind of a mixed bag there, it really depends. Uh, Okay, our very last trend has to do with travel.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Do you have any guesses?
0: I know that the airline industry is pretty close to like breaking even on all of their COVID losses. And it didn't take that long. Amazing. I know that Delta... I was listening to the radio the other day. Delta was talking about how they're overbooked. And I know that they're getting into union disputes with their pilots. Because their pilots are feeling like they're getting overbooked. Mm -hmm. booked right it's this it's a surge and desire I'm sorry what we're seeing or what I'm hearing the surge and desire to go travel for maybe what the pent up demand existed Mm -hmm. and now um, we'll see what happens but I think for the most part everyone feels uh, safe medically uh, in in our community more than likely in the United States as we travel around as well And so I can only see the demand for travel just picking up to probably maybe even record levels, depending on what that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting, I bet that's in there. It's just not what this article by PureWow.com focused on.
0: PureWow. I I feel like we are skating on the edge of the credible parts of the internet here. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: just thought it was very interesting. No Um, shame
0: to PureWow. Good for y'all.
1: No. (laughs) Okay, so this one is very very specific to millennials. I kind of dug into this one outside of wow. Pearwell. Okay. As well. Um and this is what they are terming the great hotel comeback. Christopher, what do you think that means?
0: The great hotel comeback. The back. great hotel comeback. The Airbnb has taken away, yep. you know, uh probably some some share mm-hmm. of what there's there. Yep. Um yeah, I could see the hotels offering benefits and deals to try to get more traffic.
1: You are, um, you're right. The hotels are definitely starting to do the, to do that. We'll talk about that in one second. But yes, Airbnb and Verbo for the past few years have um, really taken up some of that market share in traveling. Um, and there's good and bad to that, right? I, which one do you prefer when traveling?
0: I think it depends on where I go. Yeah. Um, when it comes to going to a large, a large like coastal American city, mm-hmm. I'm more of a hotel person. Um, just because I can, probably I can get a decent deal, or expect that I'm I'm paying what I think I should pay, and be very convenient to yeah. the places that I want to be in those cities. But when I'm looking for maybe a getaway experience, mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to go to a resort. Airbnb all day, I'd much rather have the comfort and privacy of a non-shared wall type of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to one, we were in one two weeks ago. Uh, we're going to another one in two weeks as well. And so I think it's circumstantial for me. I don't have a preference otherwise.
1: That's really cool. How about you? Um, I think I skew slightly more towards Airbnbs. I like you like the comfort of you no know, walls. I don't like, I love when they have a non-shared body of water type thing or like a porch so you can just kind of relax and be be out there without having to worry about anything um i also love like the vibes of the places yeah that airbnbs offer right it's so unique you kind of get a sense in a lot of places for like who the people are that are there it's almost like taking a peek into someone else's life and like stepping into their energy it's it's a lot of fun
0: yeah my biggest qualm and hotels are a little guilty of this as well, but the checkout experience on Airbnb yes. is is almost uh, sinister, where they sit there and be like, "Hey, here's what it will look like." They they make sure everywhere that you can see all of the like uh, dollar math mm-hmm. to be like, "Yep, yeah, okay, that's still within budget." And I don't want to put any Airbnb host at a disadvantage. They should be able to charge whatever they think that they should charge. But the cleaning fee and all the other stuff getting like tacked on at the end changes the economics and it might change the decision. Yeah, it
1: absolutely Uh, does.
0: I know hotels do that a little bit with like the tax lines that they add at the end. Or like a resort fee. Yeah, or, or there's like a city Uh, tax or something like that but airbnb is egregious with it like it's almost not fair to the internet consumer
1: it is and i think those are set by owners but yeah i agree i think on if you it's the
0: workflow of the experience that i disagree with
1: if you're on um i think one of them i've been able to see like this is what the total will amount will be i
0: think verbo does that best
1: verbo is a verbo is a great like a great option as well
0: yeah but airbnb for sure because you can get a lot of different like styles and Mm -hmm. vibes and and feelings that are potentially unique yeah there rather than a a a repeatable room in a hotel right
1: and like we do a lot of travel you and i but i feel like when any more than just just us two we've gotten airbnbs kind of because it's you get some communal living aspects to it. You're not just all like, okay, I guess we're meeting back here for dinner. Like, you're all kind of hanging out. Yeah, I I, I much
0: there. prefer when you and I travel with anyone else or are doing anything with, with a group. Mm-hmm. I much more prefer that Airbnb setting yeah. than I do everyone just going to an individual room and yes. being like, oh, we're all in the lobby waiting for you. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. Um, there's been some recent headlines as well about, um, Airbnb vacation rental homes. And some of those are like the long chore lists that sometimes they'll leave for you when you like leave, like make sure you sweep the kitchen, put like, do all the laundry, replace things. I've stayed in Airbnbs that are like that before where it's just like, um, uh, why are you charging me a cleaning fee when I'm cleaning for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Also, like, some of the security concerns, if you're on TikTok, you've seen, like, all the tricks of, like, oh, put pennies on the door so that you know, you can hear if someone comes in. There's just some growing, con- um, like, security concerns with staying in a private that
0: place. That someone has access yeah. to to the home outside of mm-hmm. yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which I, I totally agree. And also, uh, millennial travelers, travelers are increasing in awareness and beginning to worry that vacation spots... Um are taking local housing markets and turning them into short term rentals when they could be long term housing for locals, oh, yeah, which I thought I was like that's that's very millennial of us to be like w- we see everyone as like part of the community and we want to make sure the community is protected, whether we're part of it or we're not, we want to be respectful mm-hmm. um so I thought that was very, very interesting, and yes, hotels are starting to like kind of up the game too um as far as like offering incentives and Expedia Groups. Oh
0: yeah, they, oh, they're a they're large conglomerate of a lot of sites.
1: So per them, um, they said hotels are offering advanced like re- rejuvenation programs and hands-on activities to encourage travelers to come visit them instead of an Airbnb nearby. And what the most taken up ones on those are forest bathing and fruit harvesting, which is lovely.
0: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think there will forever be the hotel that just needs to serve as a safe like place to stay. Yeah. But watching these boutique hotels... Mm-hmm allowed to actually be themselves underneath yeah. the big hotel brands uh, when I say big hotel brands uh, n- namely Hilton and Marriott they mm-hmm. have all the different like tiers of their hotels but like watching them let them thrive instead of bring them into like a centralized mm-hmm. like everything looks like this at a Hilton like double tree or yeah. whatever right I really like staying at some of those boutique places uh, a lot more than just a, a standard name brand hotel here right yeah
1: yeah i agree with you it's kind of like an airbnb in that it's a little bit of an individual experience you don't feel like once you're in the building you're like i could be anywhere in the world <laughs> and i would have no idea
0: yeah exactly yeah. it's just like i get one window <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all these rooms look the same <laughs> yeah no i i that's a that's a very interesting thing and like i said i i think i i choose with my wallet often Right. And so whatever the experience or maybe whatever we're doing, Airbnb, definitely, if we don't have like out and about plans mm-hmm. like the entire time,
1: yep.
0: um, probably hotel when we have out and about plans, yeah. because it seems to be more conveniently located when we go do some of those things. Right.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Well, there you have it. Those are the six trends that PureWow.com says that millennials are bringing into 2023.
0: We're gonna have to have these PureWow folks meet the Pew folks.
1: We are. <laughs> <gonna> be... <laughs> Where did the Venn diagrams overlap? There, I don't know, but I'm very excited.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. A uh, quick announcement. If you've made it this far into the episode, one thank you. We love you. We we really appreciate the listen. Uh, to Jillian and I, looked at our calendar. We looked at what we were doing personally through the holidays, and we uh, made a choice to just take a short break from posting podcasts. So uh, next week's podcast is going to be our final podcast of the year, and then we'll pick it right back up in uh, January there. And so the first week of January, we'll look to have... I'm sorry, the second week of January, we will look to have the first podcast available uh, for 2023.
1: We'll be back January 9th.
0: January 9th. Thank you. I didn't have a calendar in front of me, but I want to make sure everyone was aware of that. We are available. If you want to engage with us, if you want to to chat with us, Um, we're not getting out of pocket. We're just not trying to go produce and put... A, a show together during yeah. the holidays. And so uh, feel free to reach out to us on mind, the millennial Gap at gmail.com, uh, mind, the millennial Gap on Instagram, mind, the millennial Gap pod on TikTok, or are probably the three places that you'll be able to catch us the easiest. Yes, And then uh, I have some homework, some legwork to do to put more of this on YouTube. I've, I've uh, been reluctant I'm sorry, not reluctant, uh, derelict in my responsibility. It
1: has been personally requested now by a gentle listener.
0: A gentle listener. Yes. Well, gentle listener, <laughs> I will make sure that I convert all the files and get them on there for everyone there too. So, but I mean, I'll say this next week. Uh, Jillian and I, when we sat down, um, episode one was cut in our bedroom. Yeah. With just ha- uh, mics in our hands and. Uh, I think you had written down some questions on a, on a like notepad
1: probably if
0: I'm not mistaken. <laughs> right. And so we, I guess we didn't really have any dreams for this, but we knew that we wanted to do this. So very pleasantly happy yeah, uh, and very grateful for everyone who listens to us. Um, we are well past our friend group that listened to us. <laughs> yes. And those who weren't in our original friend group, you are all our friends, all the same.
1: You are our friends now, our besties.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else to say, Jeech?
1: Nothing at all. Thanks for being here. And thanks for chatting, Chris.
0: Wonderful. All right. We will, maybe if we remember, we'll take a look back on 2023 <laughs> trends and see how accurate. Popwow.com or whatever it was, is. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.